Blog Talk Radio. I know. I know it. You let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> I was, was going to surprise her with a song, but you, you let the cat out of the bag, Dartha. All right. Well, I tell you what let's do. Let's stand together. Let's take out one of these red, red song books, and let's turn to number 11, and we're going to sing Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now say, am I? Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, marriage my soul's best song. Faithful, loving service due to him belong. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger, look above, Jesus completely saved. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Amen. Praise God. I was, hey, I was in the miry clay. And he reached down, and he pulled me out of it, hallelujah, and he set my feet on a solid rock, amen? I've been saved ever since, praise God, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's the, Brother Robert, won't you come, we'll take up our offering this morning. Any prayer requests? <laughs> yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir, we have been, and we will, we will continue as well. Okay. Amen. Anybody else? Yes. Well, yeah. Pray for pray for little George. Mom's going in to have surgery tomorrow. She's having her knee replaced tomorrow. And uh, y'all pray for her. What time surgery, mom? Okay, so about one thirty in the afternoon, probably. 
anyway, you pray for her. She's got a she's got a road of recovery ahead of her. I won't say a long one. Don't know. It'd be long as she makes it, I guess. But but pray that she'll have determination and strength and grit and, and press through it and get feeling better. Anybody else? Yes, Miss Nell, we certainly, and we just we're just thrilled to what God has done. Amen. So thrilled, and oh, you're very welcome. That's why I've got. That's why I'm wearing the guitar. So let's sing to her. Amen. Thank you. That was a good introduction. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shirley. Happy birthday to you. Amen. And many, many more. Amen. And we're not going to ask you how, what, what birthday this is. I'll just, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you about the little boy that came up to a lady one Sunday morning, and he said. You know how old I am? And she said, I don't know. He said, I'm five. And he said, how old are you? And she said, well, I'm 39 and holding. And he said, well, reckon how old you'd be if you turned loose. <laughs> Amen. So we won't ask you, sister, but praise God. We're glad you're here. Amen. Good to have your sister here with us this morning. Praise the Lord. Good to have Lucas and Taryn with us this morning. Good to have all of you here. Amen. It's just a blessing to be in God's house. Anybody else? Any other prayer requests before we pray? Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Sure will. Amen. Y'all pray for me. I'm supposed to get some test results back tomorrow on some blood work I had drawn and, and uh, pray everything turns out good there. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Robert, lead us in prayer, please. Amen. You be seated. and obey. Let's just go and sing all of them. Amen. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the sky, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear. 
Not a sigh nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown or a cross, but it's blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. Where he sends, we will go. Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Praise God. Amen. She just watching me like a hawk back there. Amen. Number 57. Number 57. He leadeth me. You ready? Huh? Okay. You ready? He leadeth me, oh blessed thought, oh words with heavenly comfort brought. Whatever I do, where'er I'll be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. By his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom. By water still or troubled sea, still tis his hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would 
sing. Lord, I would clasp thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur, nor repine. Content whatever lot I see, since tis my God that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, by his hand he leadeth me. And when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory's won, even deaths go away, I will not flee, since God through Jordan leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Amen. I'm sure glad he does, too. I just make a mess when he's not in charge. Amen. We're going to turn over to 204. 204. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the light gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us. Great things he hath done. And great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be Our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord 
let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm so glad he saved me. Aren't you glad you saved this morning? Well, i tell you what, it's such a blessing. Amen. Uh, so glad to have Lucas and Taryn here this morning, and she's going to come and sing one for us. So come on, sister. I've got the lyrics right there in front of me. Thank you so much, sister. 
Glory to God. Amen. She she told me she was going to sing that one today, and I'd never heard it before. So I listened to it, and I thought, Phew, I don't know if I can play through that one. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I, I mean, that's that one right there hits me right where, the, as they say, it hits me in the feels. Amen. I feel that one. Amen. He loved me like I was his only child. Amen. Whoo, what a blessing. What a Savior. What a love. Amen. I tell you, if you can't get excited about salvation, something is wrong with you. Amen? I mean, really, something is seriously spiritually wrong if you can't get excited about being saved from an eternity and damnation and hell and have the the rewards, the blessings, the the glory of heaven all to yourself. Not to all yourself. You say, well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, it's going to be just as much mine as it is Jesus. That's what he said. I'm a, I'm a joint heir. Amen. I, I, everything's mine. Amen. God re- revealed it in his word, what's coming. Amen. But yet I have not seen or ear heard, neither thin into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So as much as we can get excited, we never even have a glimpse this side of glory, how good it's going to be. Amen. Whew. I appreciate that song. <laughs> Turn in your Bible to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Now, I'm excited on the front end. I don't know how excited we'll be on the back end, but we're excited on the front end. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to read verses 14 through 30 this morning, and, uh, and we're, going to, we're going to go back and, and just, we're going to put ourselves in the proper context, and then we're going to take off and we're going to learn something from this today. All right, Matthew chapter, four, uh, chapter 25, rather, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. If you found that, say amen. amen. All right. The Bible says there in chapter chapter uh, 25, beginning verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received one the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. 
Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strewed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. That Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he, that, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before your throne this morning. Lord, we need understanding. We need learning. Lord, we need to, to uh, get a glimpse into this scripture, Lord, and, and, and find out where the rubber meets the road with us. Find out where it hits home with us. Lord God, I pray you'd give us a, a spiritual lesson today from this scripture. Father, I pray that when we leave here, we'll understand what you're trying to say, Father, and we'll understand how it applies to us. And Lord, may we leave today with a yearning in our hearts and our souls. Lord, a, a holy yearning, Lord, to, to make this life count, to use this little runway for heaven, Lord, to, to honor you, to magnify, to glorify the Lord. Father, I pray that we'd understand the importance of it today. Lord, I hope it'll escape no one. I ask, Lord, that you cleanse me now, and I ask you, Lord, that you fill me with your power. Lord, that you give me a clear, a clear mind. Lord, you give me a, a, a ready tongue to say what ought to be said and the way it ought to be said. Lord God, I pray for the hearts and minds, the souls, the lives of each and every person under the sound of my voice, whether they be sitting before me in this building, or Lord, whether they're listening to us by the way of technology, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you please would draw those that are lost to salvation, draw those that are backslidden back to your side, and, and Lord, those that are eager to serve, Lord, I pray that they have a clear understanding of your will for their life. Lord, please put your hand on your servant now and use me for the, for the honor and glory of Christ Jesus, for it's in his name I pray, amen. All right. Now, we need to understand just, uh, just a couple things, and I, and I don't want to belabor the point. I know we've done this before, but just for the sake of those who may or may not have, uh, they may or not have heard where we're at, we're in, we're, we're in a part of the Bible where Jesus is answering the questions of, of his disciples. He just left the temple for the very last time, never to return again until he came, comes into the temple and sits on the throne of David and rules and reigns on this earth. For a thousand years now that's that'll be the next time he enters in to the temple but that's the last time he walked out of that one amen that one was destroyed in AD 70 there will be another temple built but it has not been built as yet we talked about that it's ready to be built they've got everything all the plans are laid all the necessary furnishings and accoutrements are ready uh, all it's waiting for is is the go-ahead but that's not what we're talking about either we're Jesus, again, he's answering his disciples' questions. After they got out of the temple, after he said, your house is left unto you desolate. In other words, Ichabod over the door. Uh, listen, the powers, the glories departed. Christ came, they rejected him. And so he's walked out and he's gone upon the hill, up on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples, they, they couldn't get what he was saying. Why are you saying these, it's left unto you desolate? It's, it's a beautiful temple, Jesus. Just look at the beautiful temple. Look at all the beautiful buildings. And, and he answered about the first question, when he, said, when he said that one stone would not be left on, on another. That happened in AD 70. 
And then he said, what shall be the signs of thy coming? And he began to describe the things that would happen. Uh, he described some of the things that will happen when the seven-sealed scroll is opened. And he, he described that. Of course, we're talking about the time of Jacob's trouble. We're talking about God's judgment upon his people, Israel. All right? And he's talking to Jews in Jerusalem about things that are going to happen in Israel during that time of Jacob's trouble, and it'll happen to the Jews. All right? So he's not talking about a Gentile church. He's not, we're not even in the picture at that point. And you need to understand that when you read the book of Matthew, Matthew is written to the Jews. Okay? It is concerning the things regarding Israel. It's not regarding the church. Now, can we glean spiritual wisdom and insight from Matthew? Absolutely we can, positively. God, God, uh, all Scripture is, is given by God. It's, it's, it's profitable for, uh, for doctrine. Uh, you, know the, you know the Scripture. I mean, listen, it's, it's all for our good and our learning and our instruction, but we need to put everything in its proper context. So Jesus here is, is giving about the end of the world. Well, listen, God is going to judge his people. God is going to, there will be people saved during that time of tribulation. There will be believers, people who get born again during that time. They trust Christ. They believed on him. They refused to take the mark of the beast. They are, they are, some of them are dying by the sword. They are, they're martyrs for Christ's sake. But some will live through that time. There will be, listen, there will be Jews who, who are, plenty of Jews who are alive after all of that is done, after uh, the Antichrist has been given power to, to wear out the saints of God. Okay? So Jesus is talking about when he comes back, what's going to happen. Okay? So I want us to look at today at, at just a, a couple of things here about this. Uh, I want to give you three thoughts. Okay? I got a lot of little sub thoughts, but I'm going to give you three main thoughts. All right? We're going to look at three things regarding this parable of the talents. Number one is allocation. I'll describe, if you don't know what that word is, because you ain't never heard that word before, it means giving things or placing things. Allocation of funds means I'm going to put $20 over here, I'm going to put $10 over here, I'm going to put... Phyllis knows all about that. She works at the bank, amen? But allocation, where is it going, all right? So he's going to give, he gave... He gave uh, Five talents to one, he gave two talents to the other, and he gave one talent to the other. Okay, that's the allocation. Then we're going to look at the compensation. What, what comes out of that? And then we're going to look thirdly at condemnation. All right? So I don't, want to, I don't want to give a long intro. I want to get right into it. So Jesus, again, he's given a parable. And, and again, that's, he's, he's telling them a picture story in order that they understand that he's coming back and he's going to judge. Amen? Listen, i tell you right now, I, I'm glad I am, I am born again. I'm glad that I am blood-washed and blood-bought. I'm glad that I know for sure where I'm going when I die. I'm glad I understand what's going to happen. Amen? I'm glad I'm not going to go through this tribulation time. I'm glad that, that I'm not going to have to deal with the Antichrist and the mark of the beast, I'm glad I'm not going to because I am saved, amen, on this side of Christ's coming. All right, Jesus, the Bible says here, Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven, verse 14, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Jesus is the man, far country is heaven. His servants, we're talking about the Jews here, he delivered unto them his goods, and unto one... He gave five talents, another two, and to another one, 
to every man according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. So to the one he gave five, to another one he gave two, and to another one, one. And I want you to notice there, he gave them according to their several ability. That means their own, each one's own ability. That ability is a word, Greek word, I believe it's pronounced dunamis, but it means power. It's the word where we get dynamite from. Okay, He gave it to them according to the ability or the power that each one of them possessed. Now, I want us to look just a second at his approach, how he came at these servants. Jesus could have said, well, you know, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you this much, and you're going to do this, 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 and this with it. But I want you to notice that's not what he did. No, he, he, he demonstrates great trust in his servants. He leaves them the liberty to take advantage of opportunities as they arise. Listen, we're to be looking for opportunities to serve God. You say, well, you're talking about the Jews. I'm talking about us. As we get up in the morning and put on our clothes and go out into this world, we are to be looking for opportunities to be used of the Master. We are to look for ways to magnify Jesus Christ. Amen? You and I are a magnifying glass for our Savior. Amen? I mean, our life should be the canvas upon which His glory is painted. So Jesus, he treats each of these three as an individual. He gives resources in accord with their own personal ability. He doesn't insult the most able, the most equipped, the most talented servant with some little menial, trivial task that that leaves him bored and and, and not knowing, uh, I mean, just twiddling his fingers and thumbs all the time. No, and he he also doesn't overwhelm the, the, the lesser able with tasks he could never complete. Jesus is very, very careful and sensitive to not overload somebody with something that they're not capable of doing. Listen, I will never, ever be a Charles Spurgeon. I know that. I'll never be a D.L. Moody. God doesn't call me to, to, to do that. God has called me here. Amen? And, and listen, and, and this is not Chicago, and this is not London. Amen? This is Clarksville, Texas. And God has called me to a task here. God has called you to a task here. Amen? Don't dream of being something more than God has, where God has put you. Let him use you where you are. All right? So now we'll get to the matter of the talent. I want to get this straight, and then we'll get through this, and we'll, we'll get done. But what is this talent that we're talking about here? Well, in order to understand exactly what he's talking about, we have to, we have to understand what, what, what little there is to know about it. And, and different scholars estimate how much a, ta- a talent was valued at. They do it differently. Uh, a talent was first referred to as a measure of weight. It's the heaviest weight in the Hebrew system. They say that the common talent weighed about 300 shekels or the full weight that a man could carry. Okay, and, and in time, a talent came to mean a certain sum of money, probably about 6,000 denarii. And we, we remember we, we went through the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. I think that was here. But we learned that a denarius in that sermon was a common day's wage. 
for for a laborer. And so 6,000 denarii would represent earnings for a thousand six-day work weeks or 19 plus years. That's how much a talent amounted to. Uh, basically, basic, I mean, 20 years worth of labor, that's a lot of work. Amen? That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Okay? So this was, like, this was like some astronomical figure, I want you to understand, to, to the Jew hearing this. All right? So it's kind of like us saying, you know, I'll, I'm going to get a ton of money or I'm getting a zillion dollars, you know, a bazillion or whatever. I, that's just beyond our comprehension when the Lord's talking about a talent here. And uh, so the one, even the one talent man, you say, well, he only got one, but he's still got more than he could have ever dreamed of. You understand? It wasn't that the Lord was ripping him off. No, the Lord gave him more than he could have ever dreamed of having. It was offered to him to do something with. But the one who had five, my goodness, he had several lifetimes worth of, of money. Now, and again, I want you to understand something too. The, the word, we, we think of talent today, we think of your ability, okay? And realize that the word we have talent came from this word talent. I mean, it came from that, that Greek word for talent. And, but it came to mean something a little different. But let's just kind of package all this together and say these talents represent all that you are and all that you have and all that you're able to do. It's all of your ability. It's all of what you're blessed with. What God has given to you is your talents. Amen? You, and every single one of us in this room, regardless of how, how, how little you feel like you can do or how little of worth you feel like you are, God, if we're honest, God has given every one of us ability. Amen? I mean, you have the ability to encourage. You have the ability to love. You have the ability to console. You have the ability to, to encourage. You have all kind of ability. Some of you have the ability to give other, more than others of, of financial means. Some of you have, have more, uh, well, I ain't trying to put anybody down, but some of you have more uh, of a caring personality than maybe some others do that have, have the ability to give financially. I don't know. I'm not talking about people in particular, but we're all different. God made us all different. But nobody, but nobody is worthless in God's family. Everybody has ability. Everybody. Everybody. All right. So verse 16. Let's look at verse 16. Then he that had received the five talents, he went and traded with the same. And he made, and I want you to notice that, that he did it immediately. Okay? The Lord, the Lord gave him, he gave him the, the five talents. And the Lord went back, he went back. And immediately this servant went out. He got right busy. He didn't, he didn't wait around. He didn't think about it and mull it over. It's like, wow, I've been given this great treasure, and I've got to do something with it. I've got to go invest it. I gotta, I, I'm so excited that God loved me enough to give me all this. I want to do something. I want to use it for his glory. There was a passion that came with it. There was an excitement that came with it, a realization of this great opportunity that he'd been given. And he traded with the same and, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gave, gained other two. He doubled his. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, now notice that right there. 
After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. You know what? I bet the guy that had the one, he went, see, first of all, he went and took it and he digged a hole in the ground, put it in there and covered it up where nobody would know where it was at. And you know what he was doing? He was absolving himself of all responsibility. It'll be here when he gets back. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to go on about my business, go on live my life, go on do my thing, and when he comes back, I'll go dig it up and bring it to him, and he'll have it back, and everybody will be happy. That was his attitude. Well, there's a problem with that, and we're going to see the problem with that. All right, second thing we want to look at this morning is compensation. How did the Lord pay them back? Verse 21, the Bible said, His Lord said unto him, Well done. Who did he say this to? He said this to the one who had gained five. Amen? All right. Now, did I skip something? Did I skip something? I don't know if I did or not. All right. But anyway, verse 21. Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's one thing I want to see right there. He called him a good servant. Amen? Amen. A good servant. Listen, we're stewards. The Bible says, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found, what? Faithful. God expects faithfulness. God is faithful. Amen? The Bible tells the Lord in 1 John, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. God cannot lie. God, When God tells you something, you can bank on it. He's faithful. Amen? Listen, God requires us the same, to be faithful to him. He said to this servant who he had given five talents to, he said, you're good and you're faithful. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now, I want to just say just a minute about this about this man who, who did this with his, with his five talents and the one who did the same with the two. Anybody that's been in business for themselves, anybody who's worked and tried to keep a business afloat, which I have done, it ain't easy, it ain't much fun, amen? Uh, I mean, anybody who works hard like that, they deserve a little bit of honor because, I mean, listen, it's not easy. I mean, you know, when somebody else has got a business established, and there's nothing wrong with working a job for somebody, but when you go in, you're just punching the clock, you're doing what your duties are, and you go home. But the boss man's going to step at night worrying about all the details. He's the one who's going to lay there and can't sleep because he's trying to make sure he's going to make payroll and he's got to do all, pay all the taxes and everything else. So when you're doing it for yourself, I mean, listen, it, you deserve a little bit, of, little bit of, of reward because of all the headache and the heartache you've got to go through. They're the ones who took the risk, Amen. They sweated out the details. They stayed at their post after others went home. They prayed through the night, God, make it all work out in the end. Amen? (laughs) And even after they went to sleep, they couldn't rest because they're worried about details. Details. But see, God rewards the five and the two talent servants. He does it in four different ways. First of all, he, 
he 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 gives them all equal treatment. Even though one made five talents and the other made two. God didn't look at the one who made two and, and any different than he did the one who he gave five. I mean, the one who had five, he made considerable amount more money than the other one. But you see, the profits were proportional to what they'd been given. God didn't expect the one who'd been given two to make more than the guy who made five. He just wanted him to show a profit. What are we here to do? We're here to bear what? We're to, well, we're to bear witness, but we are. The, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. We're to bear what? Fruit. We're to turn a profit for the Lord. Amen? We're, we're, to, we're to make something out of this life and not just live unto ourselves. I mean, Jesus wants us to be faithful. Jesus wants us to work for him. Jesus wants us to give our best. Amen? And he, he judged these folks individually. I want to, let's see, I want to read you a Spurgeon quote. He said, remember, my hearer, that in the day of, the, of judgment, thy account must be personal. God will not ask you what your church did. He'll ask you what you did yourself. Amen? Listen, we need to remember that. It's not going to, you, you, can't, you can't say, well, well, my granddaddy was a preacher, you know. I mean, God, he was a, my daddy taught Sunday school, or my mama worked in the nursery. You know, God, it's not going to matter what they did. God wants to know what you did, you, because you're responsible for your life before God. Amen? You're responsible for your actions before God, what you did with what he gave you. Secondly, I want, he, he pronounces them good and faithful. I know we covered that, but I just want to say a few things about it. You know... There ain't much better than when you when you look up and admire somebody. You look up to them and 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 you really respect them. And they they tell you, "Hey, good job, good job. You did excellent. I'm proud of you." There, there's not a better feeling than ha- than having that that person you admire tell you how good you did. Amen. Well, just think about it. If the Lord Jesus Christ says that to you. What a blessing, what a feeling that's going to be. What, a, what an experience that's going to be to, to, to know that what we did mattered, to what we did counted, that he's pleased with us. It, he didn't say, well done, thou, thou brilliant servant. I mean, that's what Spurgeon said. He said, it's not, well done, thou good and brilliant servant, for perhaps the man never shone at all in the eyes of those who appreciate glare and glitter. It's not, well done, thou great and distinguished servant, for it's possible that he was never known beyond his native village. No, it's well done, thou good and faithful servant, he noticed. It's not what everybody else sees. It's not the one who gets all the awards and all the applause. It's the one who serves out of a love and a desire to magnify Jesus Christ. Thirdly on this, then he gives them increased responsibility. I mean, he gave them praise, first of all. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But then he gives them added responsibility. You might say, well, I worked hard and i got to work harder. Now, wait a minute. That ain't the way it works. He gives them a promotion. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to have a whole lot more than they ever thought they'd have. 
I mean, we might think, well, it'd be a good time to retire. Work so hard down here, but but he's gonna he's gonna increase their workload. Service is the goal of Christian discipleship. It's to be a better servant. It's not to get through and get done. No Christian ever retires from caring for other people, from loving other people, giving to other people. The ministry of love shouldn't be a burden for us. It ought to be something we look forward to. And the more potential we have, and the more the more ability we have, the more opportunity we have, the better. Amen? What a blessing it is when you're able to let Christ work through you and your life is able to touch somebody else and make a difference and change, and, and God use that as, as, a, as a catalyst to change them for His glory. And not, not that you did anything, but were just used. You were a vessel that He used, and He filled up and He took and He poured it out to them, and they were thirsty, and He gave them of His presence through you and used you for His glory. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. But then the, the fourth thing I see here, he says, enter into the joy of your Lord. I can't even imagine. That's what I started off with this morning. I can't even imagine what that means. Amen? The joy of, of our Lord. That means that the, 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 the state of eternal blessedness that God lives in He's saying, come on and enjoy this with me. Come and, 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 and experience the blessedness of being with me. And I'm going to give you even more to do. You know what I know about that? When he gives us more to do, if he gives us more to do at that point, we'll have all the power of God ever present, ever moment for every task at that point. But right now, Right now, we are to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. We are, we are listen to me, we are to come to God, we are to, we are to get cleansed of sin in our life, we're to come, like he said, we're to subdue kingdoms. He was talking about that in Sunday school. Those kingdoms are oftentimes, I mean, the, those kingdoms that have to be subdued or sub, are, 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 are owned and controlled by the enemy. And those are, those are weaknesses and areas in our life that, that would hinder us and hold us back from becoming what God would have us to be and keep us from, from making a profit out of this life. And we are to subdue those kingdoms in His power and His strength by His working of His Holy Spirit in us. And when we get, when we get victory over those things, then God has more territory to use in our life. Amen? I mean, we're to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but if my mind is a battlefield, then that mind cannot be properly used for his glory. If my hands are prone to sin, then those hands cannot be used to do his work. If my feet are prone to go places I shouldn't go, then I'm not going to walk the path of righteousness like I should. Those things have to be subdued in order for me to be a useful vessel for the Lord Jesus Christ. But, oh, what a blessed time it is when things get right between you and God. When you come to him and you lay it all bare before his throne and say, Lord, I just want to magnify Christ. I just want my life to matter. Oh, Lord, I don't want to spend another day disappointing you. Oh, my Father, I failed you so often. I ask you, please fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. 
Let your word constantly be on my mind. Lord, let my eyes be eyes of compassion that look upon others and see their needs and not see people in my way. Amen. I think about the man that Jesus Jesus uh, touched his eyes, and the first time he touched his eyes, you know what he said? He said, I see men as trees walking. The man that was blind, he, he, he said, I see men as trees walking. And, and, and I thought that was an odd saying, but you know what I get out of it? Hey, they, they were just men in his way. They were just things in his way. I can't, I can't really see, I can't differentiate between, between a man and a tree. My vision is clouded. But Jesus touched his eyes again, and he said, now I see all men clearly. That's what I want. I don't want to go through life with people just being in my way. And I can't, I, I, want, I want to see men clearly. I want to, to see them the way God sees them. And then I'll, when I see people as, as, as God sees them, then I'm able to see the needs that are there. I'm able to see the, the, the ways, the areas that, that I'm able to affect them for Christ's sake. Now, I've got to hurry. Verse 22, And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained Two other talents beside them, his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He was treated just the same way as the one who had received the five. And then we get to the, the third one. Number three, the condemnation. Verse 24 through 26, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art a hard man, Reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. Lord, you want something for nothing. I know how you are. You expecting, we'd say, you don't want blood from a turnip. You're a hard man. You, 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 you ask things we couldn't possibly do. You, we, you ask things we couldn't possibly give. You know what that man lacked? Grant, you know what it is. What did he lack? Without what? It's impossible to please him. He lacked faith, didn't he? He lacked faith. He didn't know God. God, you're a hard. God's been anything but hard to me. Amen? God's been so easy on me. Listen, he's not rewarded us after our sins. That's what the Bible says. God hasn't paid me back. He's been merciful to me. He's been, he's been a God of compassion. He's, he's been a God of love to me. He's not, been a, he's, not, he's not done me. He's not given me what I deserve. This man didn't know God. Lord, you want to you harvest where you didn't even plant any seed. Not the way God treats us. No. And he said, I, he said, I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. I was afraid. What does 2 Timothy 1, 7 say? But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He said, I was afraid. You know, he didn't know God. If he'd have known God, he would have known that he was not to be afraid of God. He was to trust God, but he had no faith. And the Lord answered and said unto him, I mean, you're bringing him back what he gave him. I mean, he didn't lose anything. But he brought him back what he had. He dug it up, dusted it off, 
And he brought it and he laid it at his feet and said, There it is. That's what you gave me. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. I bet he was a little shocked when he heard those words. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. See, we're about to see. The master has a harsh, harsh side too. Amen? If you haven't if ever seen that before, you ought to look in the uh, first chapter of Proverbs where he talks about he'll laugh at their calamity, those who have refused him. The one-talent servant. He was, he was right in assuming that the master's capable of harsh judgment. Oh, he's going he's gonna to judge him harshly. He calls this man wicked and slothful. And he used his own words to convict him. Spurgeon said, Yet albeit this man was doing nothing for his master, he did not think himself an unprofitable servant, even though he wasn't doing anything. He thought, I'm doing all right. I got it. I, it's still there. I still got it. Anytime I want to go get it, I can go dig it up. But you know what? There was no humility in him. He didn't see himself as needing God. He was not broken. There was, no, there was no contrition, no broken, contrite heart in him. He was as bold as brass. And he said unblushingly, Lo, there thou hast that is thine. I mean, what do you want? You gave it to me, I kept it, here it is back. You know what we can say about him? He didn't think. God gave you that for a reason. He, he offered it to you for a reason. And you took and you put it in the dirt. He didn't work. He was lazy. You know what? He was selfish, wasn't he? He was selfish. He said, this is my life. I'm going to do what I want to with my life. He kind of like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Yeah, he did it his way, but his way wound up in hell. Mm-hmm. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's what the Bible says. Every man did which was right in his own eyes. He didn't even try. I mean, he could have tried. He could have done something with it. Jesus said you could have took it to the bank. You could have put it in the bank, and at least I'd have got some interest off of it. You could have done something, but you did nothing. What did he do? He made excuses. The old Baptist preacher, F.B. Meyer, he said, thinking about this servant, he said, I, I can do very little, servant thought. It won't make much difference if I do nothing. I will not be missed. My tiny push is not needed to turn the scale. There's lots of people. Listen to me. There's a lot of people who think just like that. I'm talking about good people. They, 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 by the world standard, they're good. You see, they, they don't figure they can do anything that's going to matter, so why even try? I'm just little old me. I can't do nothing. God knows I ain't got no abilities, no talents. They just shoot themselves in the foot. What do you want to do anything with me for? God can, I've said it before, I'll say it a thousand times more. God can take a crooked stick and draw a straight line. God doesn't reach for the greatest, the brightest, and the boldest. He gets down and he grabs common, ordinary, average people. And he does great things with common, ordinary, average people. You say, why would he do that? 
because he wants to show that since, even though they are common, ordinary, and average, he is not. And him doing it proves that it wasn't them. Why do you think he, he chose a stuttering Moses? <laughs> or a hot-tempered Peter? Or a feeble Paul? Why? To prove his own power. Verse 27, Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For every, unto every one that hath shall be given, and he that hath, and he shall have abundance. Oh, wait, they had abundance already. I mean, again, a talent was, a, was 20 years worth of work. That much, that much pay. And one had five times that. You're saying, you've been faithful over little? Maybe not in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, that's little. Because listen, he's got heaven to give. He's got more glory than we could ever even wrap our head around. He said, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he, that, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You say, what happened to him? Sound like to me he went to hell. You say, what he said he was a servant. Just because he was a Jew don't mean he was a saved Jew. He could have been, but he chose not to be. He turned down what God had given him. He hid it in the dirt. He didn't want it. He didn't want to have any dealings with it, you see. When it was given to him, he just threw it down. He said, I don't want it. It'll be there when you get back. I, I, I don't need it. I'm not going to put my hands on it. He had no faith. Like I said, Hebrews eleven six. but without faith it is impossible to please him. Listen, God is never going to look down in favor upon someone who doesn't have any faith. Because faith, again, like he's teaching Sunday after Sunday, it is the, it is the substance of things hoped for. It, what, heaven to gain? Yes, I have faith in heaven to gain. Amen? I have faith that there's a hell to shun. I have faith in Christ that his blood has the power to save me from my sin. I have faith he's coming back for me. He must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder. A rewarder. Hey, we're talking about reward here. We're talking about compensation. He is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. You want revival in your life? You want revival in this church? We must seek God. We must seek God. Amen. If we'll start seeking God with everything in us, if we'll get our mind fixed on serving God and seek Him and humble ourselves under His mighty hand and, 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 and quit taking things that don't belong to us from Him and use them for our own goals and our own means, if we would just look at life as though everything we have and everything we are is a blessing from God and we're to take it and invest it. And we'd see revival. We'd see the Holy Spirit get so excited working in us. We'd see results. 
And again, I said all this at the beginning. All this is to the Jew, but and it's all it's during the tribulation. But but what about us? How how can we apply this? Well, I, I just you know the Bible tells us about us in First Thessalonians four sixteen and seventeen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What we've been talking about is when he comes back to this earth to judge. But there's a judgment when we're caught up in the air for us. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. We labor. Why? Because we want him to look at us as good and faithful servants. We're to work for Jesus. Amen? All of us, from, from the greatest to the least, amen, to the one with the most authority to the one with the least authority, it, with the one with the most ability to the one with the least ability, we're all to be laborers in the vineyard with him, for him, to magnify him, to glorify him. And the Bible says, what about us? Well, for we, everybody in here, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or or bad. You know, the first time I read that, it scared me to the depths of my soul until I realized, wait a minute, my sins won't be judged there. God can't bring my sins up there. You know why? They were judged at Calvary. Christ paid for all my sins. Amen? He, he paid the debt for all my sins, and I'm washed and covered in his blood. Therefore, the devil, he can accuse me all day long. But that, the truth of it is, Jesus, his, he's still got the wounds in his hands. He's still got the wounds in his feet. There's still a wound in his side. Amen. He, all he has to do is present it before the Father to put down the accuser of the brethren. But listen, someday you and I are going to stand before him with those wounds in his hands and the wounds in his feet and that wound in his side, and we're going to look into his eyes and he's going to lay bare our life. Not our sins, folks, but everything we've done and said we were doing for him. A lot of it may get burned up when, when, when it's exposed that we really enjoyed getting told how good we did. I, I, I really appreciated all that applause. I, that made me feel good, you know. Listen, I, no, it's for Jesus. Amen. Give him the glory. Don't take his glory. Whatever you do, that's why the Bible tells us not to let your right hand, let your, your right hand know what your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I can't remember if I got it right or back, but you know, you know what I'm saying. We're to live sacrificially. If we live sacrificially here for Christ's sake, you know what he said? Gold, silver, precious stones. That's what those are going to be worth. 
Amen. It's going to be eternal reward. And when we get when we get that, listen, Christ is going to, based on what reward we have, is going to tell us whether or not we're going to rule and reign. Where we're going to rule and reign? I not whether, but where we're going to rule and reign. I feel like I feel like sometimes I may be the dog catcher of Deport in the in the millennium. That may be all I. That may be all the compensation I get. But you know what? If that if that's what God intends for me, then that's where I need to be. Christian, listen to me. Realize today, it matters. It matters how you live for God. Not not regarding your soul's salvation, but regarding whether or not you're going to hear from him that you did well. Amen? I want Christ to be pleased with me. When I stand before him someday, I don't want, I don't want to be knees knocking. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to fear coming out of that with a handful of ashes. My whole life a waste. Give him yourself. Give him all of you. Listen, that thing you've been thinking about doing for Jesus but you've been putting off because you don't think you're good enough or you're able or somebody might think this or that, forget all that nonsense and come and put yourself in his throne and say, Lord, I give it to you and I yield to you. And Lord, if you'll just show me how, I'll do whatever it was you wanted me to do. Don't waste what God's given you. Don't hide it in the dirt. Take it and use it for his glory while there's still time. Let's stand together. We're going to have a song of invitation, number 384. And as we sing, if God's dealing with you about, about this something in this matter or, or a totally unrelated matter, it doesn't matter at all. You come and do business with God. Listen, we, I'll be glad to pray with you this morning. I'll be glad to help you in any way that I can. But come to God. Let him have his way with you. Father, we, we pray now that the Holy Spirit of God would work in our midst, deal with hearts, deal with lives now, draw us to decision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home, coming home, coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thy arms of love, Lord, I'm Sing the last. My soul is sick. My heart is sore. Now I'm coming home. My strength renew. My hope restore. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming. Coming home, never more to roam.
Amen. Praise God. Let's let's make something out of this life. Amen. You say, oh, you sound like you're on, you're on the same theme week after week. I'm just following Jesus. Amen. Hey, listen, he keeps saying the same thing over and over and over and over because you know why? He wants us to get it. Amen. 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 I got a question real quick before we dismiss. This was the last Sunday of the month, okay? We had our we had our Valentine's banquet, and we ate then, so we're not going to be eating today. But uh, normally we don't have a Sunday evening service on the last Sunday of the month. Now, I'm going to leave it up to y'all. Y'all want to have a Sunday evening service tonight, or do you not? Y'all do? Okay. How many of you want to have a service tonight? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. We'll be here. If you want to be here with us, we'll be here. Amen. But anyway, y'all have a wonderful afternoon. And uh, and let's, let's, let's remember to pray for Lucas's mom. Remember to pray for, for mom as she has surgery. And I think there were some others, too, that uh, that are having tr- things done this week. Uh, continue to pray for Miss Cheney that she she'll just keep doing good and and uh, and all the others that were mentioned I know there are others so let's let's remember to pray for them pray one for another lift one another up daily in prayer all right any word from anybody before we dismiss all right let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed brother Dan won't you dismiss us. Amen.